quite a lot of writing lately. I mean, obviously, I write every day, but just more, more kind of, I don't know if I call it focused, but these sort of things have been coming through and out that I'm not sure what to do with, which is very common <laughs> for me, right? That's my problem. I ask myself, is this a blog post? But who wants to read this? This is like absurd. Um, is it something I collect together and like send to someone? Uh, like a particular person that you know who I'm talking about, who I've been avoiding emailing for like two years now? Is it um, something else? Is it a podcast or I don't know? And yeah still writing on things that that I've been writing about and talking about and thinking about for a long time like connected to productivity and um, you know reframing productivity thinking about busyness um, through the lens of this larger systemic uh, force that so many of us are conditioned by and um, this system which becomes like part of a way of being that's indoctrinated that is like passed down through lineages from family but not just family but systems school systems uh, reinforced through our acquaintances and friends we're awarded and punished according to this particular system right um of course you know so much unfair and unjust punishment um and I was just thinking and swirling about these things as I tend to do and forever questioning and and asking why or 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 just in general asking questions about it and using my own kind of personal stories memories to sort of poke into and and ponder and contemplate and I was thinking today I I heard something yesterday that was like you know how I don't know if you find this when you're just sort of swirling along during the day that you like I find okay here's how I experience it I'll write about something and then I will see like a tweet or something that's like yes like that's you know nothing is new I'm not trying to say like I'm writing anything kind of (laughs) like as a pioneer of course we all have our own kind of take on things though hopefully although that's questionable too in the sort of particular trend that we're witnessing or experiencing right now in this sort of regurgitation of uh trends and positioning according to what is right using air quotes what is good using air quotes rather than checking ourselves and what we really think and mean and understand because what then happens is we take on or we perform we take on stuff that we don't really maybe fully resonate with I'm not saying we need to fully resonate with something to like uh, associate with it but we don't really kind of there can be a lack of sort of awareness or understanding of what we're even what we even think because we're just oh here's a package here's a kind of buzzword here's a movement I'm going to take that on without really kind of checking how that meets my values and what I can um, how I can be in relationship (laughs) hello 
how I can be in relationship with that from where I'm at because it's all well and good being part of a movement but if you're just going <laughs> to do it for clout you know just do it for like just to want to position yourself in a way to get points or to get money <laughs> which is we, we see it right this is not new but 2020 has certainly um, been completely exhausting I think for myself and for everybody but like um, through the lens of this particular kind of performance activism and like positioning and you know using black people to give you points <laughs> following them for no reason at all other than you feel better about yourself and then you don't do anything at home kind of thing you know you don't do anything about you know your racist partner or parent or aunt you know <laughs> um there's no kind of conversation or like movement of change it's just all it's all kind of placed elsewhere we're not bringing it home and so I ask, what's the point? Um, I don't. I didn't really want to go too deep there, so I'm just kind of leaving that on the surface, knowing that this is not a kind of comprehensive exploration of like 2020 and positioning, but more bringing it back into what I experience or what I tend to experience. I'll write about something, I'll go on Twitter, and I'll see like someone's shared this brilliant thought that kind of connects to it somehow, like a like a what does a Venn diagram look like? Is that the one with like the little kind of satellites I'm not sure um then someone I'll I'll find something like that and then I'll kind of pick up a book and flick open to a page and then I'll find like another sort of gorgeous feast that feels really is this like basically how people write essays is that <laughs> am I just been doing it all wrong all along <laughs> I don't know but it's it's almost like um it's almost like a magic potion of uh coincidences beautiful coincidences and so I found myself, like, I stumbled across something. <laughs> I don't know how I got there, you know, how these things go. And, um, yeah, it was just another one of those sort of resonant pieces connected to productivity, but, um, you know, the sort of... How 2020, I guess, has flipped many people's experiences and um, forced us to re-examine our relationship to work, Right. And this is something, yeah, this is the point I guess I'm getting to, that work is something that really fascinates me. And over the years, just particularly the last 10 years, really trying to undo many of those things, the unhelpful things I've learned about work in terms of, uh, you know, I talk a lot about busyness and rest and um, uh, like feeling enough. Um, and these are things I struggle with. <laughs> and I think a lot of us do. Like, when is it enough? When do we switch off? do you relate to just being on, being on your computer slash laptop all day and night there's no real cutoff sure we can put those boundaries in place but even so is there still that residue of guilt and need to kind of keep going because it's never ending um how is our how do we feel enough like how do we measure our worth is it rooted in um our productivity right these aren't new ideas again I'm just sort of <laughs> revisiting some of these and swirling around through the lens of 2020 um are we valuing ourselves according to how well we're doing with our work and so when it comes to a situation like 2020 where so many of us have you know 
work hasn't <laughs> worked out or maybe maybe we've lost work we've not been able to participate in projects or things have fallen through been cancelled um you know forced to re-examine like what are we actually doing like is our work fulfilling in any way do do these organizations these workplaces and institutions do they even care you know like when we've got this global pandemic and then there's still the sort of expectation to show up and work a nine hour day at a computer screen while all around us is you know particularly if you're in the sort of I mean it's it's all relative it's all bad but like particularly in those places like the US and the UK now more Sweden and so other places but you know in these places where literally all around you is a kind of like the signs of death and like real um, destruction the real consequences of like the effects of this pandemic you know they're they're right there the real dangers actually the everyday sort of treachery and anxiety of like will I get this um, is that going to be me next because there aren't the systems in place to take care of me actually if I get sick there's not a bed for me in the hospital you know what I mean those sorts of um, feelings that many of us have experienced you know or, or moved through and I hope that wasn't like a trigger but I'm just being real about this you know and, and so when it comes to work like you sort of <laughs> you get up and you're you're wrestling with all of this very real um anxiety and grief and of course we're going through that collectively as well like I, I I am totally acknowledging that um but when the sirens are passing your house you know or your whatever where, wherever you live your flat whatever when they're passing your flat just incessantly and <laughs> And you're like looking at the reports of like what have been what has been reported. You're looking at the nonsense of like what how mismanaged everything is and how actually dangerous the situation is and how there is such a lack of care for humanity and a prioritization of money actually. Making money is valued more than human life. And then you sort of flip around and it's like the work and I mean work in a kind of general sense like the idea of work and like the necessity of many of us having to work you know I don't know I know of people who don't have to work right I'm not talking about those people I'm talking about you know the fact we have to we have to try and make ends meet to have a roof over our heads to be able to eat all of those kind of human rights those very basic fundamental needs that we need to take care of during a global pandemic during a time when it's harder really difficult to access those things and also your work might have might not exist in the way that it did before it might be non-existent again I'm, I'm trying not to be doom and gloom but I mean I don't want to shy away from this because grappling with all that stuff and then maybe if you do have a job or even if you don't and you're looking to to manage all of that and then sort of show up on your computer if you have one and conduct a day's work whether it's working for someone working for yourself or looking for a job which is work you know like how do we even define work of course that's something I'm interested in as well but in this time like 
what are we really doing? And if we're doing it, like, what does it mean? And by that, I mean, like, how, how are we living? Like, um, where do we live? That's something I'm always thinking about, but even more so now. I think a lot of people are probably the same, depending on where you live. Like, what is our quality of life? Are we working to live? Are we living to work? Remember that old chestnut? And again, I come back to like how the value, which like how how do we how do we measure our worth and our value? And that might seem like a really fluffy, vague concept, like or value. What's what's the good of that? It won't pay the bills, or it won't put food on a table. But I think it has a lot to do with how we show up every day. What do we value? Is it, for example, something I've been thinking about like is it returning to a city life um, and being around uh, diversity which is more diversity and I use the, the word diversity very cautiously because I think it means different things to different people but being in a place where I can feel more ease at being in this body and not kind of worried about <laughs> some kind of like I mean racism is everywhere that let's get that straight but you know in a place where yeah it's not diverse not diverse in the way that I would like it to be I don't really want to say more on that because you know but what, what do we value is that going to be better for our mental health to be in a place where we feel like we are we're around a society that reflects us who we are and often what I'm grappling with a lot over the years is like the the kind of need for for access to nature and that connection with nature and often having that means you have to surrender the diversity part you have to kind of not always I'm, I'm talking about the UK because I think there's also a myth about like you know for example like there aren't black people in the countryside there absolutely are we out here um but it but it's like I'm I feel very privileged to have spent time growing up in the Caribbean and and in country and that being a very natural <laughs> way of being you know like being it's not like a token it's not like when I go for a walk in the countryside here and I'm sort of the only one the surprise <laughs> maybe the kind of one to watch or be wary of you know that's real talk right so I think you know that the, the sort of idea that there is a detachment of na- from nature like to imagine black people in nature is like random or weird or unusual when it's absolutely (laughs) you know not but at the same time the reality is in this country at least it is you know the stats are what they are there will be less diversity so grappling with things like that like what do you value what do you need and also what with that how much do we need and I think I, I'm glad that there are conversations like this happening, mostly in relation to relationship to consumerism, of course. But I'm thinking about this not just through that lens, but more so what do we actually need to consume in a kind of, you know, again, I hope this doesn't sound ethereal, but like in a kind of spiritual way or in a kind of um, emotional way or, or 
our mental headspace like what what do we need like what what are the fundamentals the kind of non-negotiables or the the kind of basic needs and what's the kind of real cost of that and that can be like cost of living for example like do we to be in a city to be in a in a diverse place it's going to be more expensive right what do i need in order to make that happen what do i have to do what does it cost me physically mentally emotionally spiritually in order to do that because to have to spend more there often going with that has to be a sort of or maybe that this is an indoctrinated idea again of like something i need to undo but like the the, the need to kind of pro- produce more or, or work more and maybe the work then might cross over into like again this could be an indoctrinated idea that i have like working more more hours in order to make you know the money that i need to survive versus working less but better paid <laughs> so that i can actually enjoy life this is kind of spinning off in a direction but like these sorts of things i'm thinking about a lot like we can't have it all <laughs> but i'd like to try to make sure that what i am consuming what i what i would like to um I was going to say curate that sounds really wanky but like what I would like to design that sounds wanky what I would like to cultivate is a focus on the important things which I think we'd all probably agree on I think everybody kind of wants that I think but on consumerism something I didn't really touch on but something I've been sort of thinking about and writing about lately for a long time but I haven't really I haven't really been able to sort of put my finger on it. I've written like a lot about like copycats over the years and like that's sort of maybe a kind of side note but I think it's connected. And I and I'm thinking a lot about the sort of season that we're in culturally in this kind of period of 2020 where there feels like there's a lot of um regurgitation maybe isn't the word. When I think about consumerism and the conversation of consumerism and like you know often what goes with that is fast fashion and and you know that is a important conversation um i'm sort of maybe i don't know like i i guess i find it really interesting to listen to these things and i think i've touched on this maybe before where um i didn't really realize the extent of like common shopping habits in in some of the people that i knew um and this isn't this is no judgment because i think there's so much i have to say about this but maybe it's just not the place but you know when we're when we're critiquing fast fashion i think we can't separate the fact that we live in a world where um you know there's a lot of people who don't have access to things um they don't they can't afford to um buy something that is sustainably sourced and if they have to again like go out and they've got two jobs and they need a particular kind of shoe that the job requires them to have to go and have something that is like cheaper is the only option and so therefore like i feel i feel we need to kind of ha- approach this like with compassion to, about like the the realities of um the realities minus the the snootiness that can often um 
go in this territory, right? In this kind of, this sort of whitewashed sustainability conversation, right? Where there's a lack of like realizing there are other, <laughs> other experiences of this world that maybe we could afford to listen to so that we can understand and have a real conversation about like dismantling the kind of the bigger systems at play so that there can actually, um, we can avoid people using plastic straws or whatever, you know, whatever the sort of latest thing is. I don't, I don't mean to shit on people who are, are like campaigning or like fighting for, um, or, or like trying to raise awareness about things. I'm not, but you know, it's, I think it's a nuanced conversation and um, I don't see a lot of uh, care or compassion in a lot of those conversations, unfortunately. Um, but when I think about consumerism, I'm, I'm not really straight to fast fashion, although, as I said, really opened my eyes a couple of years ago when someone told me, you know, it's like a kind of daily thing. They'd pass a, a, a cheap shop and like just pick something up. And, uh, you know, I, I hashtag can't relate, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe that that is real and I'm not judging because you know I don't know or understand that position um of course I'm sort of like amazed um and particularly when how this whole kind of vintage conversations come in and people are talking about like yeah this old thing I've had for four years and meanwhile I'm sitting in a 24 year old piece of clothing like <laughs> like does this mean I'm ancient or something like most of my wardrobe is just like things I accumulated from car boot sales and I'm not saying that to be like a and I'm such a good person but just again this is another sort of um conversation as part of that like if if you are someone who maybe didn't didn't have access to money like growing up going to car boot sales going to like secondhand shops that was part of life because that was a necessity I also liked it <laughs> and and you know that's just what it is um but yeah back to sort of this overarching idea of consumerism how I'm not seeing this as a buying fast fashion vibe it's about like consuming information even in this time that we're in and and I don't think it's bad that information is shared I think it's a wonderful thing but the sort of intention behind it and again I'm back to that kind of taking in information without really checking with ourselves like I don't mean this in a real wanky like this is a piece of information how do I feel about it let me go through a checklist in a really kind of white supremacist kind of um systematic uh cold um like uh measured uh measured as a, as a system kind of way but rather i mean how how are we engaging with this information why is it important for me to share this or why is it important for me to say this am i saying it to get points am i saying it because this is the trend this is the this is going to look good it's going to give me the hits and and i say this laughing but i realize like for many people this is a reality like they're they're viewing the world through this lens of how can i be relevant or how can i get relevancy or popularity or likes in order because actually again trying to come at this with some compassion but those likes translate to money for them so i can't like sit here and be like oh ha, how how superficial of you to just want to get likes or be a popular be a popular whatever influencer or something like I, I, I'm not 
I'm trying not to judge, even though I'm totally judging and it's impossible for me to not to judge because otherwise I wouldn't have an opinion, right? But I'm just sort of asking questions around these things like how do we consume information? How, how, do we, how are we consuming when we're going about our relationships? How are we in relationships with people? Is that, is that a form of consumption? Is it acquiring people to get props? You know what I mean? Like to get kudos and like this is someone I associate with because that's good for my brand and I laugh again but it, you know I was shocked to see that this is this is real like I maybe I'm again maybe I don't think it's to do with age um and someone's like smoking a lot of weed and it really stinks and I don't know where it's coming from but um this is like the first time I've taken my mask mm. off it. Is it right there? Oh, damn it! But yeah, consumerism. How 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 are we consuming? And just a sort of as a sort of mindfulness contemplation. I hate that word mindfulness. I don't hate it, but I'm you know there's a lot of stuff that goes with it. I think. But how are we consuming? Is it mindful? Are we kind of consciously consuming? I guess again not in a not in a wanky way like not in a sort of i've got to follow a checklist in order to be conscious like this is again this is where we get into trouble right the definition of things and and there being boxes to tick and then we're there i'm not really interested in that i'm i'm not interested in that at all i'm interested in like what does this feel like are we also open to to changing our minds even if we sort of decide on something. I don't know if this is making any sense at all. I feel like I've sort of swirled around. Have I gone round in a real silly swirl? I guess I'm just thinking about work, consumption, how we live, why we do what we do. Um, and uh, just a kind of disclaimer with that, I am not at all saying we should find jobs that fulfil us and like... Um, are meaningful and joyful because I think that's another sort of myth again like why are we working are we working because we have to pay the bills and in which case are we going to find more fulfillment by doing a job that maybe we don't feel like I'm jumping out of bed and I'm like absolutely adore it I I I, you know I define myself by this work um and and but actually I only work three hours a day and that's enough for me to live and then I can engage in my activities that I love I'd, I'd love us to get to the point where we can just all take care of each other and there isn't the need for this conversation about work I'd love it if we didn't if we didn't feel we had to define ourselves and our personality by the work that we did <laughs> actually you know again as a label of I am this I am that I really you know I say like I struggle with bios and it's for this reason that you you might say something you'll say you know like someone asks like what do you do and it's like oh shit what answer do I give what do they want to hear how can I package it up and either way someone will have uh, an idea about what that is and I'm not trying to be wanky and evasive like I'm not going to be mysterious and say that I'm so different to doing something <laughs> random but like as an example like you know when I was when I started teaching yoga like over 10 years ago now I would really struggle with like okay so so what do you do oh yoga right what you know and and they kind of reel off all of these things about what they knew about 
a particular type of yoga which tended to sort of be a same from the same thread and what I was offering I'm not saying like I'm such a revolutionary or I'm disrespecting yoga but I was always uncomfortable with defining what I did as like only yoga I want to honor lineages that I've learned from and there are multiple so that in itself gets complex like how do we respectfully do that this is a whole other conversation right but how do we respectfully do that but also knowing the lineage of yoga particularly in the west and that whole kind of you know colonization of what yoga is and so what is it we're actually doing I'm more interested in like in that kind of question or exploration as opposed to labeling something so that I can sell something and package it up because this is sort of I guess in a roundabout way what I'm talking about is capitalism right we we in this buzzword but or buzz phrase late stage capitalism which this is what it is where we're seeing the real implications of the horrors of this system and what it does I don't believe anyone can be truly happy within this system even if they are living large and as you know I've worked and lived in Monaco and I can I can assure you that money having money having wealth and access to wealth does not make you happy that alone maybe it does for a tiny amount of time but it comes with its own stuff no money my problems as they say would be nice to be comfortable though wouldn't it not to have to worry about because you know when people say I don't you know I don't need money I don't need anything I can go and live in a hut and I'm like no you've never been poor (laughs) don't talk to me about that you've never had to worry about your next meal and that worries me because it's like you therefore you can't make a statement like that with real sort of uh not hindsight but like real compassion for how other people are living and struggling because the struggle is real but how can there be less struggle how can we live our lives with less tension you know and I think that's really the crux of this like let's ask some questions I don't know this is maybe a massive ramble and really pointless but I'd love to hear what you have to say and there's some building work as usual going on in Brighton (laughs) um but yeah let's talk about (laughs) any or all of the above consumption being in relationship with work what is our relationship to work how are we in relationship with ourselves how are we what are our values how do we value ourselves how do we define ourselves is it via our work is it via our titles is that part of it is it not a part of it how do we measure success I think that's another kind of you know that's a massive one but kind of related um what do we want what feels like you know what would what do we want to consume and how you know what what do we want to consume physically mentally emotionally spiritually like what is going to be fulfilling and why as a ramble I guess (laughs) 